on today's episode of Policy Wise. Whether it's economic divisions, political divisions, racial divisions, that service can, can really be a tool and an important avenue to bring people together. One thing that I personally got to work a little bit on, and I think falls into this idea that California Volunteers is being called upon in so many different ways, um, is the Californians for All response uh, to COVID-19. Californians for All is, is something we're very proud of because despite the fact that our name is California Volunteers, uh, prior to this governor and, and me starting this job, our office actually didn't really engage in volunteer activity. It was really inspiring as, as someone who was working on like kind of the grassroots level of it to get to see it work from the top down. Every single one of us was impacted by COVID. It was a situation where everyone could step up and make a difference in some way. If you commit to serve while you're in school uh, for a year in your community, we're gonna help you pay for school with $10,000 scholarship. But more on that later. Welcome to PolicyWise, a Youth Leadership Institute podcast. In 1963, President Clinton required the governor of each state to create and appoint a commission to administer the new AmeriCorps program. In 2006, the reach of California's commissions was expanded by Governor Schwarzenegger to respond to disasters and recovery. Now called California Volunteers, the state office is tasked with engaging California's Californians in services, volunteering, and civic action to tackle our state's most pressing challenges while mobilizing all Californians to volunteer and serve their communities. Here with me today is the head of California Volunteers, Chief Service Officer, Josh Friday. Welcome. Thank you, so fun to be here. So um, just to get us started, we're really excited to have you. Would you give us a bit of an introduction to yourself? We know that, you know, as most appointed uh, folks, there's a lot more history than, than the current role that they're sitting in. So um, we'd love to hear some more. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and it's, it's really fun to be here in this important topic. So thank you, Demi, for inviting us on. Um, uh, I, I've always, my entire life, I've been passionate about service and I've always wanted to serve. Uh, I've always thought that it was the best way to make change uh, and deal with some of the injustices in our world. Uh, and so I just, I'm very lucky that I get to have this really cool title called Chief Service Officer uh, for the state of California, which is pretty unique. Um, and, and it's exciting. Uh, and I got here because, uh, I think I, I saw through some of my service throughout my life, whether that was as mayor of, of the town I grew up in, in Northern California, uh, or as serving as an officer, uh, in the United States Navy overseas deployed or involved in presidential campaigns and other efforts. Um, I think I, I saw or felt that we just in a democratic society, uh, have not provided enough opportunities for others to serve in the same way that I got to serve. And so um, I started thinking about this a lot and started writing about it and, and getting involved in different ways to create opportunities for, for people to serve uh, and step up and, and be a part of the system. And, uh, and luckily we have a governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, who shares that vision and wanted to do something big in California. So here I am talking to you. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Um, it is a really, really special and really wonderful to hear from you. I, I think it's going to be something that we want to touch on in this episode is your past history uh, with military service and how that relates to um, your role in volunteering. But before we get into that, um, I do want to ask a little bit about California volunteers and 
how it is currently being looked at as a priority of uh, Governor Newsom and how maybe that's changed since he has become governor. Yeah, so uh, the the work that we do at California Volunteers to really try to engage communities, mobilize people around taking action uh, on big issues like climate change and poverty and disasters uh, is something that Governor Newsom is incredibly passionate about. He thinks it's absolutely critical um, for a, a healthy democracy. He thinks it's absolutely critical for us to deal with some of the divisions that we all feel in our society, uh, whether it's um, uh, economic divisions, political divisions, racial divisions, that service can, can really be a tool and an important avenue to bring people together. So he's invested an incredible amount uh, into our office and into the work uh, that we're trying to lead around the state. And he's, he's really the first governor in California to invest state resources to complement the federal resources we receive from AmeriCorps to expand service opportunities for, for all kinds of people in every community to be able to tackle some of our biggest challenges. So in addition to making uh, my position a, a cabinet level position, which really allows us to sit at the table with every other state agency uh, on every other state priority uh, and have a place at that table to make sure that how we think about engaging people and mobilizing people is always part of the equation and as, as our state responds uh, to our big challenges. Um, he's, he's invested resources into it and he's used his platform as governor uh, to, to really call on people to take action, to step up and serve. Uh, and that's something that I think we haven't seen enough of in generations here in America. Uh, and so I just feel really lucky to to be here at a time when we have a governor that's as passionate as he is. One thing that I personally got to work a little bit on, and I think falls into this idea that California Volunteers is being called upon in so many different ways, um, is the Californians for All response uh, to COVID-19. Could you touch a little bit on that effort and maybe talk about, we know how it started, but maybe where it is now um, and how it's evolved since since it started. Sure. Uh, well, as you mentioned, this is something you were part of, so we give you all the credit for it, Demi, uh, for helping us get <laughs> all here. All of it, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's well-deserved. Uh, it, yeah, Californians for All is, is something we're very proud of because despite the fact that our name is California Volunteers, uh, prior to this governor and, and me starting this job, our office actually didn't really engage in volunteer activity. Uh, we had service opportunities through AmeriCorps, but we hadn't really thought about in, in a, in I think, a systematic and holistic way, how do we engage people everywhere whether, uh, um, to be able to uh, participate and be able to help each other out? And so, and COVID uh, really presented a situation where not only did it impact everyone, right? Every single one of us was impacted by COVID, um, no matter who you were or where you were. Uh, but we actually saw it as an opportunity where it was a situation where everyone could step up and make a difference in some way, whether it was knocking on your neighbor's door to make sure that they had food or groceries or, or calling a friend to make sure they weren't isolated and disconnected or volunteering at a food bank or giving blood when there were shortages or making masks. There's literally something for everyone to do. And that posed a unique opportunity for the governor to use his platform, uh, along with California volunteers, to create this exciting new initiative, Californians for All, that you were, you were uh, an instrumental part of, um, that I think really for the first time uh, did a statewide call to action. And we saw a tremendous response. We saw people step up every, from all parts of the states, all demographics, uh, raising their hands to want to help. 
uh, and really um, stepping up and meeting the moment in an inspiring way. And we're oh, everything we're doing now is building on that framework of how do we mobilize all Californians to take action. Uh, and so it was exciting to start it. You know, I think that's one of the the examples of some of the silver linings or opportunities that arise in a crisis. Uh, and I think we certainly, when it comes to mobilizing people, engaging people, uh, we certainly met the moment with our Californians for All initiative. It was such a rapid response. And I think such like a, it was really inspiring as, as someone who was, you know, working on like kind of the grassroots level of it to get to see it work from the top down and also taking so much advice from what's happening on the ground and really trying to like work together to build the big system that it is now. Um, so yeah, really, really uh, happy to have gotten a part of it and, and learned so much um, from you and everyone else. I uh, want to focus on something that uh, Michael and I have just been extremely excited about, and this is the announcement of College Core. Um, I couldn't be happier. I think when, you know, when I was with California Volunteers, communicating with universities is like the top of my mind just because I had recently come out of it. Um, so I want to learn a little bit more about how this relationship, these relationships with universities came to be, where this idea came from, um, and then we'll get into some of the details of how youth can get involved. Yeah, so you're referring to the, the College Corps program that we just announced, and I like to call this the, uh, the California GI Bill, and the idea is super simple but also super powerful, which is if you commit to serve while you're in school uh, for a year in your community, we're gonna help you pay for school with $10,000 scholarship uh, and stipend. And this is gonna allow us to create debt-free pathways for low-income students all across the state uh, to be able to serve their community, to, to be able to start a career of purpose and service, to be able to gain incredible professional skills uh, whether you're working in climate change or food insecurity or in education, dealing with their education disparities. Um, and our goal, our goal is, is, is sort of um, pretty straightforward, we think, which is we have a dual crisis in this country. We have a crisis of student debt, which we know uh, is saddling uh, a whole generation uh, of, of young people coming out, gradu graduating in debt uh, or unable to finish college because of the amount of debt they have to take out. Uh, and we also have a crisis of our democracy where people are divided uh, and and people feel uh, a lack of uh, agency and people feel disengaged and disempowered. And our hope is with the College Corps program, this really exciting program we announced with the UC system, the CSU system and the community college system, that we're going to be able to create a whole new generation of civic minded young leaders who are able to going to start their career, uh, hopefully being purpose-driven uh, and purpose-minded, and are going to be able to graduate college with less debt. So in our minds, it's a total win-win-win-win. It's a win for the university. It's a win for the student. It's a win for the communities who are going to benefit from this service that's going to be done. Uh, and it's also a benefit for uh, and a win for society uh, but because we're going to be bringing people together and teaching them the tools to how to work across um, across differences to to uh, to solve problems in our society, and we're also doing this in a in a way that we're very proud about in California, uh, which is to be as inclusive as we possibly can be. So this is the first time that any formal service program uh, is going to include AB five forty eligible dreamers uh, who are able to participate in the program, and that's because. 
AmeriCorps members, because it's federally funded, are actually excluded. Dreamers are excluded from participating in the program. This governor and this legislature um, made sure that we, with this college, new College Corps program, included Dreamers which we're very proud about and excited about. And again, I think demonstrates the power of service, which is we can bring people together from all different backgrounds, no matter where you're from, no matter what you believe, uh, and and have you work together to solve problems uh, that that we need help with. And so uh, we're super excited, as you can, as you can I hope, tell. Uh, we think it's very powerful. Uh, we hope this becomes, a, as the governor said when he launched this, a, a model for the nation. Uh, and we hope it inspires people to continue to serve for years to come. I want to get into some of the logistics, um, just kind of just like figuring out who can apply for this. Um, thinking if I was, you know, maybe a high school student right now, graduating senior, or if maybe I'm in college, who who is eligible for this? Um, is it yeah, people beforehand, after college? When can you apply? So for you, Demi, you'll be happy to hear that if you are a student at Fresno State, you will be uh, you will be eligible to apply. Um, we have Great. partnered with 45 universities uh, across the state, which include community colleges, CSUs, and UCs, uh, who applied to be part of the program uh, in this initial cohort. And if you are a student uh, at the campus, you're able to apply. We are targeting uh, and trying to be very intentional uh, about making sure this program is available to low-income students. So the $10,000 that uh, is available for those who commit to doing a year of service while you're in school, which is a unique part of this program that we're targeting people who are in school because we wanna keep you on track to graduate uh, and we wanna start you off on your career in service. Uh, that $10,000 represents the gap that a Pell Grant recipient has to come up with every year, either by taking out loans, which is why they go into debt, uh, or by working. And I had to work. I worked at a golf course uh, uh, cleaning golf carts when I was a Pell Grant recipient <laughs> in college. Many other people have to find jobs all over the place. And our hope is that we can create these service opportunities where you're gaining social capital, you're building social networks, you're gaining professional skills while you're helping the community, and we can help you pay for college and keep you on track to graduate at the same time. Awesome. And how many hours is that? What would a year of service look like? The way we've structured the program is 450 hours over the academic year. So what that works out to be, and we were very intentional about this, is about 15 hours a week. And that's because we wanted people to be able to, who did the program, uh, stay focused on graduating um, on time, stay focused on their schooling. Uh, so it's 15 hours a week over the academic year, 450 hours total. Uh, and then many of the schools that are participating are wrapping a service learning curriculum around the program. So you're actually also receiving credit uh, as you're doing it. And then you're doing a lot of the really critical reflection uh, and analyzing about what does it mean to serve? What does it mean to be in a democracy? What does it mean to be an active citizen? Uh, and so, um, so there's a lot of programming and training and curriculum that's built around the actual service as well. Okay. And what does that calculate out to? That's, I'm just doing the math over here. If you're doing 450 hours, $10,000, that's like, I don't know, close to, I don't know, 22, over $22 an hour it works out to, which is like a great, <laughs> a great deal, probably non-tax. Um, wow. So very exciting, uh, especially for a college student. I, I would have greatly benefited from this. So it's <laughs> so happy that here that it's happening. It's also great to hear how intentional the partnerships are being on university campuses to work 
with curriculum, with certain service offices. I think one of the things that I saw as like the lowest hanging fruit in uh, like some of the university systems uh, and, you know, different statewide systems is just like the pulling systems together, pulling people together. You have, there's so many people who want to help. So just making everyone work on the same system. Um, so it's great to hear that this is all happening. Um, it's, a, it's a new word that I learned, intersegmental, uh, which ooh, means we're okay. taking all the different segments and we're bringing them together. And it's something the governor talked about when he, we launched the program, uh, that it's a really important piece of this, that we're out, we are bringing these different systems together, again, to show that we, can that, that we can bring people together from different backgrounds to work together to solve problems and that we have to do that. If we're actually going to solve some of our biggest issues, we have to be intersegmental in everything that we're doing. And so we hope to, we hope to be modeling that uh, in, in a great way with this program. That's a really, that's a great word. I'm going to have to have that enter into my vocabulary. It's somewhere like kind of like intersectional, kind of like interdisciplinary, a little bit exactly. of that. It has a more of a systematic feel. So um, very <laughs> cool. I, I want to get back to this idea because um, it's something that I don't think a lot of us think of when we're considering volunteering on its own. Um, and this is the idea of like connectedness and bringing people together, which I do feel is very central to uh, to Governor Newsom's uh, inspiration behind this and likely yours as well. So I wanted to get kind of like a better understanding of how that has theorized and and where you see California volunteers in order to, to build that goal of bringing people together from different backgrounds. Yeah, well, we see volunteering and, and civic engagement and serving as, as being absolutely core to our entire society. I mean, our entire democratic system is built on the idea that we're going to serve each other, that we're going to help each other, and we're going to do uh, what's best for each other. Uh, and so we, we think that the work that we're doing uh, is actually critical to strengthening our entire democracy, uh, which is why as we look at our democracy, as we analyze what's going on right now, and you don't have to analyze too deeply to see how divided we are uh, and, and the polarization that's happening. Um, we recognize we have to figure out ways to bridge people, to, to create common experiences again, where people see their common humanity and their common, understand their common values. And I think we've seen throughout history, and this is certainly my experience uh, personally as, a, as an officer in the Navy, where you are put with people who think very differently than you from very different parts of the country than you in a unit around a mission and a common purpose, uh, and you solve great things together. You accomplish great things together. And I think we've seen throughout history that service has this incredibly powerful ability to bring people together and have you focused on what you actually have in common. Uh, and we need to create more of these opportunities uh, for our society. Otherwise, the division is going to get deeper. The polarization is going to get stronger. Uh, and that doesn't leave uh, any of us in a good place. So we're very focused on at California Volunteers, whether it's creating our neighbor to neighbor program. So you get to know your neighbor better. Uh, so you help your neighbor. Your neighbor sees you. Uh, as as someone um, that uh, has a commonality, obviously, other than the fact that you just live together, but you can actually talk together, you have similar values, um, for, or to our college program that we just discussed, where we're going to be creating, taking college students from uh, different parts of the states, different backgrounds, uh, different perspectives, and we're going to be having them not just work together, but doing um, very intentional bridging exercises about thinking about what it means uh, to, to live in a democratic society, to be able to, to deliberate with respect, 
Uh, and and so we're we're looking at this at many different levels, but I think at the at the core of it is uh, for democracy to work, people have to be able to work together. People have to be able to come together uh, and compromise and respect each other. Uh, and service and volunteering, uh, we think, and the governor thinks, uh, is a powerful, powerful tool to help us get there. It's really inspiring, and it's it's very interesting to hear this kind of like communal approach to service and seeing it in such like a practical way. I think there's, we've, I don't know, I've personally been fed, uh, you know, a lot of things about, you know, you do something because it makes you feel good, or, you know, you do something else because it's what you have to do. And it's a constant kind of grind to like do whatever you can do. Um, and I, I don't think that we get a ton of dialogue about working together and getting into the community. And I think coming out of COVID specifically, this will be a really important opportunity for everyone, and specifically lots of students who've lost like that integral time of socializing um, at this time. And uh, I hope that this continues for like a lot of students out of college, because if someone who's, you know, out of college, the lack of community that you can get in this age, I think, you know, volunteering is something that I hope many other people are turning to um, as a way to, to build back. Um, so hopefully this kind of gets in the mindset of, of a lot of uh, youth that, you know, this is a good way to continue to connect to people. Well, we hope you're right, and we're certainly trying. Uh, we, we have we also have many programs that we haven't talked about that is geared to, to young people who are coming out of college or or are not college track. We created a, a the first country's first statewide climate corps uh, called the California Climate Action Corps to uh, basically create opportunities, whether you have an hour to give or a year to give, to take climate action, which is so important. It's one of the existential threats yeah. of our time. And so we create a fellowship for, for people to spend a year doing climate organizing in low-income communities throughout California. Uh, and that's just one example. But the truth is, and our message that we try to get to, to get send to young people, and, and, and we are working, and we need, we need your help, which is why we appreciate being on this show, uh, to get the word out that California needs you. Uh, that, yes, volunteering make, it makes you feel good. There's a lot of research we could talk about, about the psychological and the health and the mental benefits of volunteering, of being connected in your community, of serving. Uh, and it certainly does make you feel good. I, there's also a lot of science and research about that. But the truth is, we actually need you to step up. We need people. We need young people. We need this next generation to be involved if we're going to have any shot at solving climate change. If we have any shot at dealing with the economic inequality in our society that's, that's ripping us apart, or any shot at dealing with um, our homeless crisis or any any of the other many crises we feel. So uh, we're hoping the message gets out that that we uh, we need people uh, to step up and that there's now uh, we're creating the opportunities uh, for people to do that. And I think that's what's unique about what we're trying to do in California and, and what Governor Newsom has has led the effort on. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about Climate Corps? The idea is simple. We wanted to create a, a culture of climate action here in California. And of course, that starts with major policy. And of course, that starts with doing a big systems change around how we use energy and what our transportation systems look like. But the reality is, is that there's literally something that everyone can do to have an impact on us dealing with climate change and fighting climate change. And the problem, and I come out of the climate movement, we haven't talked about it yet, but I, I ran an organization, a leading climate advocacy organization called Next Gen Climate. 
Uh, and what, what I learned was, is that people who are passionate and want to take action around climate, which are a lot of people, especially young people, uh, too often just don't know what to do and don't, don't feel empowered that, that they can, as an individual, make an impact. Uh, and it's simply not true. There's something that all of us can do that is really meaningful. So we created the Climate Action Corps uh, to create an opportunity. Like I said, if you, whether you have an hour or a year to give, uh, we're creating opportunities for you. Our fellowship, if you do it for a year, uh, you receive a stipend and then a $10,000 scholarship to either pay down your college debt or use it if you decide to go to college in the future. Um, and you're gonna be organizing uh, a lot of activities to engage communities around urban tree planting, especially in areas that have been underinvested in historically, uh, urban greening, urban farming. We're doing a lot of fire mitigation work, home hardening, clearing defensible space. Uh, and also, and this was interesting, this is what I learned along the way. I didn't realize this in the beginning, uh, but a lot of food recovery work. There's uh, a new law in California that's mandating local governments to be much more aggressive in food recovery, not just because it helps us deal with our food insecurity, but more importantly, uh, a lot of the food that, from restaurants, grocery stores, but also from our individual place at home end up in a landfill that actually contributes a significant amount uh, of greenhouse gases. So, so what we're trying to do is, is tackle, take these, these, um, these major issues like climate and break it down into, into really digestible actions that people can take, whether they're at home uh, or they're on volunteering on a weekend, or if they can be an organizer for a year. Uh, to help be part of the solution. And so far it's been very exciting. Uh, we have more people apply than we have spots for. Um, and, uh, and I think we've seen a lot of momentum around this. And, but obviously uh, it's a big issue and we gotta keep building it and we gotta keep spreading it around the country. I'm thinking a lot about uh, like Climate Corps and College Corps and I'm wondering how your role as mayor as part of like a local government as kind of like a you know, just closer in that way, how that has kind of impacted the way that you view a volunteering and the way that you've decided to take on this role? Yeah, I appreciate that question. Uh, I think, I think it may be in two, in two ways. Um, one is in really understanding at the local level um, that people want to be engaged that people care deeply about their neighborhood. They care deeply about their community uh, everywhere, uh, no matter who you are, what demographic. Um, and as a, as a mayor of a, of a, a smaller town, um, you can see that, you can see how much people care and care about each other. So we too often get, get caught up in a national narrative, I think, uh, of how divided we are, of how different we are from each other. Um, and, and the truth is, is that people want to take care of their community. And I, and I think I couple that with the second learning lesson of we, um, and I say, when I say we, I mean, government leaders have just simply not done a good enough job in thinking about how to engage, uh, all of our, uh, citizens and residents, um, to be part of the solution. I think we've, we've got caught into a trap of whether you're a mayor uh, thinking that uh, you know you're going to solve everything from city hall or governor from the capitol or president from the White House, uh, and thinking that we could solve our big issues uh, with with big ideas and policy alone. And while that's critical, and it absolutely is, in a democracy, it's just simply not sufficient. We have to create avenues 
for our people to be able to engage in meaningful ways and feel like they're part of uh, that they have stake in what the solutions are. Uh, and I just didn't see, I, I learned this as a mayor that we just, um, we weren't equipped to do that. We weren't equipped to think about how to give people the right opportunities to volunteer, uh, to help us with some of our, our, whether it's our homeless issues or environmental issues that we were trying to grapple with. Um, and so it taught me, and I think showed me, uh, that, that government, um, and it starts with our leaders, which is why it's so significant what governor Newsom has done and what he's invested in. Uh, it starts with our leaders prioritizing, creating opportunities, uh, and cre- and really wanting to engage people. And I think, I think for too long, government has shied away from that because it's hard, it's hard work. Uh, and, and, and it's easier to say, you know, as a, as a leader, I'm just going to create this policy and you're going to do what I say. Uh, and that's the rule and that's it. And then walk away. That's the easy thing to do. The problem is, is that that doesn't really work in a democracy. And I think we're seeing that now people get frustrated by that. They feel disempowered. Uh, and so, and we have to change that. And, and I got to see that up close uh, as a mayor. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I, uh, I guess my final question, and you've, you've touched on this a bit. Um, if you had uh, like one piece of advice to give to policymakers right now, and then one piece of advice that you were going to give to youth, um, what would those two different things be? And maybe they are the same. I think they are the same because it's probably my <laughs> advice. Uh, it's probably, I guess I would say it would be my life advice for everyone, uh, which is be courageous. Like as a, as a, as a young person, um, you have plenty of time uh, to be cautious and conservative and, uh, and, uh, you know, and anxious. And now is your time to be courageous uh because you have to be we need you to be courageous we need you to push the envelope uh, and push for change um we need you to be involved and we need you to be daring we need you to take put yourself out of your comfort zone uh to to meet new people uh and try new things and so and also that's what makes life that's what makes life fun um uh and that'll give you the most challenging um uh, I think situations you put yourself in, those are the ones you remember. Those are the ones that shape you and form you. That certainly might have been my experience. Uh, so I think I think being courageous, and then and then I think that same message applies to our policymakers. We got really big problems. We can't sugarcoat that. Uh, we we're facing an existential climate crisis. We're facing inequality that that um, that that we have never seen in this country. Uh, that is just creating social division. Uh, that is that is ripping apart our social fabric. Um, and if we aren't willing, if policymakers aren't willing to be courageous uh, and aren't willing to uh, to do what's absolutely necessary to meet this moment, then we're failing, uh, and we're letting down the people who have entrusted us uh, to make an impact, and uh, and that's not okay. So I, I think on all accounts, we need we need we need people to be courageous and and have the confidence uh, to to do that. Well, thank you so much for sharing and um, thank you for for being one of those leaders who's taking that charge and being courageous. It's been so wonderful to to get to hear from you. Um, I really appreciate the extra time and the extra questions. I know you're extremely busy. Uh, There's a lot happening in the world. There's a lot happening in California and there's a lot of volunteering to do. This was PolicyWise, an intergenerational podcast by Youth Leadership Institute focused on bringing young people into the policy conversation. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at PolicyWisePod. 
If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss, please slide into our DMs or send us an email at policywise at yli.org. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes.